Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAB.com. The Dodger Dudes believe in the Dodgers. Do you believe? Welcome back to the Dodger Dudes podcast with Josh, Luke, and Brett Tomko. We are just going to go through a bunch of topics that are on top of mind for us right now with a month left in the season. Brett, we can talk Kenley Jansen still still making us bite our nails, real nervous. Is he still going to be the closer? We can talk about the rookie Lux, who's had a great debut. But I know you want to talk about Cy Young, rookie of the year, some of that other stuff. So what do you want to start with today, Brett? Let's do it. Well, I think with, you know, three and a half, four weeks of, of baseball left, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of exciting things going on, you know, and I think everyone's starting to play that game, like who's going to win each award, who's going to win rookie of the year, who's going to win, you know, MVP in the league, Cy Young. So I think we just take a fun look at, at some of the candidates and how they're doing and just discuss where we think, you know, where I think, where you think these people are going to land up and land in the votings. So I, I, I think we should start maybe – let's just start manager of the year right off the bat. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start American League. I think the three candidates that are, that are up there are Rocco Baldelli with the Twins, Aaron Boone with the Yankees, and Kevin Cash with the Rays, three teams that are, are, are doing well this year that have made an impact that are all fighting for a spot in the playoffs you know, come the end of this month. Yeah, it's always interesting to me. And, you know, my brother being a Yankee farmhand, I, I was focused on the Yankees at a young age and, and, and wasn't really sure what to believe when people said, oh, Matt, you got drafted by the best but the worst team that you could possibly be a prospect for for all these reasons. And, Brett, I know you, you've been there. You, you know, there's Yankees and then there's everybody else when it comes to, you know, top of the – and, look, I'm a huge Dodger fan, but in terms of what the baseball lore is, is the Yankees is the – the system, but I think when it comes to manager of the year, it's actually you're behind the eight ball with Booney in particular, even though that's the media capital. What Baldelli's done with the Twins, I think, is amazing. But man, I would look at Cash with the Rays and go, "Wait, those guys weren't even supposed to be on the radar, were they?" No, I don't think so. I mean, and that's well, they dismantled their team. You know, was it last year or two years ago that they completely just wiped the whole team out? And Kevin, I played with Kevin uh, in AAA and Round Rock, and and what. 
what a good guy. What a good baseball. You talk about a manager that's just, you know, we talk about grinders. I mean, I, that's kind of been the premise of our show. I was a grinder. Matt was a grinder. Yeah. Kevin is a grinder. He's that guy that no one even thought, like when he got the job, people are like, who is this and yeah. why is he getting this job? And he's taken, they remind me of the Florida Marlins back in the day when the four, Florida Marlins were nobody. They, uh, they kind of just got all these, hodgepodge of people and they get, end up going and winning the world series and, and then they dismantled again and then they come back and they they battle back and they're a contender again and and that's kind of what tampa bay reminds me of and and they're right in the thick of it uh, there's some you know they're out of the east but you know they're they're chipping away i think at the wild card and have have a chance to maybe sneak up there sure they're only, they're only one game back of the wild card yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, the Twins, am I the only guy who all year has been going, okay, how much longer can they hold on? How much longer can they hold on? And they just keep holding on, keep hitting home runs. Well, I think that and their pitching staff. I mean, their pitching staff has been great. But, yeah, the home runs. I mean, they've, you know, they set a franchise record and we'll kind of prelude to, to what we might talk about at the end, the, the amount of home runs that, that are going out. And the Twins are right at the lead of that. They're just banging, banging home runs left and right. So they've been – They've been a surprise. The Yankees are the Yankees. Boone fell into a situation where, you know, they have an unlimited payroll. They had talent there already. But he's done a lot, too. They've had so many injuries, and you're under a microscope. When you're in New York, you, when you're in L.A., you are under a microscope all the time, every single game. If from April 1st or, or May 31st when you start, you lose that game. It's why did we lose this game? So I think those situations are tough because those managers are having to just get beat down all the time from from those big media markets but you know it's, it's a lot of pressure and and i think i think the premise of of everything that's going to happen we'll see is it, it's all up in the air i mean anybody can win this with a month left to go in the season and if you had to pick one who are you going to pick at this point? um i i'm i think baldelli if if they am if they end up making the playoffs which they should i think he's going to be the guy that gets it yeah interesting you know i actually think um there was another guy too when he got the job. They're like, "Who? Why are they hiring this guy?" And, and you know, he's not a big name guy. He was a he was a grinder. There you go, another grinder. So that, I'm gonna yeah, and I'm gonna take the easy the high road on this one. I'm gonna cross even though Brett Boone's a local guy. You know, I've rubbed doubles with him yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah, I'm gonna we, cross him off the list because he's a Yankee. Yeah, unless they just dominate August, which which I wouldn't rule out. I mean, they got look. Stanton's played nine games all year, and he's gonna be coming back in a week or so. And all of a sudden, they're going to be stronger. I would add Bob Melvin of the A's to that list because I think you have four managers that are in the in contention for that award. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to how August shapes up because the A's have been on fire, man. They're playing good. Yeah. Well, do you throw Francona in in Cleveland? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Terry's yeah, been there I mean, so many so times. Many. It's like That's you expect the it from there's, so, there's so many. But I think Minnesota being the surprise team that no one expected to even be in contention with Cleveland right there down, right there I mean gosh, all right I'm gonna go with cash you can put me on the spot you got ball right. we'll keep track right, of well, these too. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to this right at the end of the season and we'll see if our predictions are right okay about the National League we got the National League Davey Martinez with the Nationals they're making a great run I think depending on what happens with the Nationals and how the wild card plays out he'll be a contender you got the uh the Bruce Bochy vote just because last year I know the Giants aren't really you know, doing what they're supposed to do. They battle a little bit after the break, though. Yeah, they battled. And, and I think that would be kind of like the courtesy you're going out. But And then you got Dave. You got Dave that's – that the Dodgers have an amazing season. We talk about it all the time. They're they're right up there with the most wins in the big leagues, and they're 
they're getting it done. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that are going on that sway it either way. Of course, we're, we're big Doc fans. We're big Dave Roberts fans here. Uh, I, I, I know you played for Boach, and you got a place close in your heart with him. He's a, he's, a, he's a great manager. I mean, he's accomplished so much. I love the fact that he's been so stand-up this year, too, and just been like, hey, it's my last year, and hey, Roberts, thanks for the invite to the All-Star game, but I'm going fishing with my buddy. That's so Boach right there. Yeah, and, but hey, the Nats, is it just me? Or is this season for the Nats all about sticking it to Bryce Harper? It just feels a lot like, hey, you went up to the north for an hour, but we're going to beat you. They're, I think, the scariest team in baseball right now, to be honest. I, I'd like to do a whole show on the wild card, and, and they're the one teams that that I look at and, and have the most fear, I think. Besides Houston, who's Houston? But you're talking to the National League. That's the team that I look at, and they're kind of, kind of like, kind of like a horror film when you're running around in the woods and 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 you're hearing stuff. It's the Nationals. The Nationals are are right behind, and they're they're scary, man. They they have the pitching staff to to be able to shut down a team, you know, three straight games, and and you know they've they've definitely put on a run here to to give themselves a shot of of winning that wild card. You know, the only other name I'd throw in there, Brett, is a name I have tro- trouble pronouncing, but I, I don't think – I didn't expect the Braves to be that good. Yeah, you know I, what? Really I, I, I was just thinking that. I was just – I was Ryan Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive just, me if I butchered you know, it. I saw Bobby Cox anymore. That <laughs> 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 was so awesome, man. So many memories. Not even being a Braves fan. but uh, so, so, again, I think it might come down to August between uh, Martinez – uh, Doc and Snicker. It's just who finishes strong. And, and you know, Doc's kind of like Booney. It's like, well, you're supposed to be there. So do something special or hope these other guys don't. So if you're going to have to pick one, Brett, who's it going to be? Man, I want to I pick Doc, but I think what it's going to come down to with him is, is the last two World Series, them not winning. People are going to be like, oh, you had your shot. Those were the good teams. And I don't think he's going to get the recognition that, that I think he deserves. So I – I'm going to go off the board and and I'm going to go Martinez, especially if, if, if Washington ends up winning the wild card and sneaking in there, I'm going to say Martinez. All right. I'm going to go with Snicker just to make it better radio, make it interesting. Snickers. I'm kind of hungry. (laughs) Milky way, Snickers, whichever. It's one of those. It's one of those. So what do you want to do next? Cy Young? Um, Let's go. Let's go. um, Let's go rookie of the year. We'll go nationally. We'll go nationally rookie of the year. You know, I, I think, I think this one is pretty wrapped up. Um, I think it's one of the awards that that there's not going to be a whole lot of discussion. There may be a couple here and there, but I'll name three kind of right off the bat. One, Soraka from the Braves is having one of those seasons. You know, as a as a rookie, he's even fighting for a Cy Young. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but you know, he's eleven and three with a two point five three as a rookie, and he's doing doing a great job. Alonzo with the Mets is having one of those magical seasons. Tatis Jr., if he wouldn't have got hurt, I think he yeah, would have contended. I think, I think it took him out of it. But I'll just throw his name out there because it's an exciting – I could see him a little bit more being in San Diego. Full season projection, and there's no, no doubt about it. He's, he's right there in that conversation. I mean, absolutely. Even, even as it is, you know, he's, he's right there. But Alonzo, I mean, he's hitting 260. He's got 44 home runs. I don't know how you cannot give this to Alonzo, but I'm going to throw a name out there. And this is the fantasy geek in me. So, so you guys, uh, so I picked up this Keiston Hira guy from UCI early in the season, right? 
And the guy goes off. He hits like five home runs, steals four bases in two weeks, and then they send him down. I'm like, what are you doing sending this guy down? Well, we, we're paying the other guy, so we got to bring him back, and there's no roster spot. Well, then I see a month later that somebody in my fantasy league picked him up because he got called up. And I literally go, I'll give you Jock Peterson with 21 home runs for this kid that you just picked. And within 10 minutes, they said, yes, what's wrong with you, Luke? Guess what's happened since then? <laughs> what's I think what's Peterson's happened? hit six bombs, which is good. And Jock's had a, a fantastic year, probably his best year ever. Uh, Keiston here, last time I looked, uh, had 14 home runs and like 10 stolen bases on the year. And the guy's not even been up. I'm not even finding his stats. Yeah. H I U R a. And I, when I looked him up and I always talked to my brother about this and well, man, it seems to me that certain guys just figure out hitting and it doesn't matter where they go. Oh yeah. And okay. I'm it's hard to keep all the players in mind. Now I know who you're talking about. This guy, I'm telling you, is so off the radar. He's on the DL right now. He's been, other than Yelich, he's been the best player on the on – the, uh, I mean, he's got numbers like Tatis Jr. Not I even mean, half the year, though. How many games has this guy played? It's crazy. He's had 266 at-bats. He's hitting 301, 43 ribbies, um, 16 bombs. So double this. So how many stolen bases? Uh, nine. So 18 stolen bases, 32. 32 Dude, I'm telling you, this guy is so off the radar. Fantasy geeks, top three rounds next year. Just I can't wait till you. we do our fantasy baseball. Yeah, at some point. So anyway, I'm to throw really, him on the really, list, but I don't think really extensive research and development <laughs> department named Scott Tomko, my brother. He's constantly throwing stats at me and like off these like stats that I've never even heard of. Like, Oh, you should look at this. So he he's on payroll. He's getting maybe a breakfast every <laughs> once in a while, but that's that's our that's our stat guy right now. Well, for those of you who cl- play real close attention to this show, you might have heard me mention this once or twice. I'm within three and a half to four points of of him in first place right now, depending on what time of day it is and how many games have started. And nobody else is within ten points of us. And that'll be the first time in probably eight years anybody's beat Scott in our league. So so uh, so hang. I, I gotta I gotta get some more saves. That's what I gotta do to uh, beat him, I, man. So I, we'll put on my, I put my money on my. Big Big brother Sorry. yeah me, me too my <laughs> money's on your big brother too man all right so, all right, so I, i'm taking alonzo i think it's a no-brainer he reminds me of reach with me on this one like a poor man's mark mcguire if i when i see him in the box and i see him swing i have like a flashback of mark mcguire yeah. i don't know if it's that body that's that. that stocky oh, well. kind of short swing little uppercut like for some reason when i see that I, I i see mark mcguire in my head i like it i'm gonna go with alonzo too i think i think there's a legit argument for Tatis Jr. and Hira, but neither of them has the body of work to justify it. So let's go American League. Look at the year. American, I, I, this, this may be a one-man uh, one show. Jordan Alvarez. He's hitting 317, 22 home runs, 63 RBIs, 46 runs. Oh, wait. Uh, can, I, can I interrupt you real quick? Don't sure. the Reds have some rookie that hit 14 yeah, runs uh, in August? Aquino. Did we forget him? Yeah, Aquino, if that, if that kid would have uh, – is he new? Is that why he's not in the conversation? Yeah, no, no, no. He, um, he's he's very new. Um, yeah. I think if he would have had a full, a there's full an August season, rookie of the year, Tim, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, maybe next year. I don't know if he's going to qualify. Yeah. This year, but that kid has put on a show. He he he's got that little Eric Davis swagger, yeah. kind of tall, lanky, but he has gone on like a bomb barrage. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually like a a phrase, but he's been crushing balls left and right. But Alonzo, we should be charging fantasy geeks for all this input we're getting. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but Scott I think I the think major commission. <laughs> I think Alvarez, Brandon Lowe, two seventy six, sixteen bombs, forty eight ribbies, forty runs, five stolen bases. Uh, John Means, ten and nine, three point five five, ninety nine Ks. The guy that's come out of nowhere 
And this is going to be, I think, uh, the wrench in it is Vlad Jr. Set 276, 15 bombs, 59 ribbies. So he's only four ribbies behind, seven home runs, which is quite a bit. But he's done it in way less time than, than Alvarez has done it. So I think those two guys right there, it's going to be a battle down the road. I think Alvarez might have the advantage, but Vladimir Jr., uh, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has put on quite a show. Well, and he's going to get the sentimental vote too. So if he finishes strong anywhere close to that other guy with the shorter body of work, he probably – so who's Alvarez play for again? I don't even know. Houston. I should know. Houston. Oh, well, there you go too. He's yeah. for a winner, so that's advantage Alvarez. Yeah, before. definitely. But I, that thing, if you throw the same amount of time Vladimir, you know – has as as Alvarez, I think we're we're talking a different story. All right, I'll take Vlad just to make it interesting. Who are you gonna take? I mean, I think Alvarez is is the okay. guy, but well, that's I, good. We're we're different on most of them, so that makes for good radio, at least. Right. Um. Let's go. Let's go MVP. Let's uh, let's let's jump into let's jump into Mariel first for MVP. Yeah, because I think the this. Dodger show, I think so. this. You know, I thought it was a clear cut thing this morning, and then I started. Um, I was talking to our, our sack guy, uh, my brother at breakfast and, <laughs> and I thought it was a for sure thing trout. Um, and then I started looking at some other stuff and there were some, some numbers that were kind of jumping out at me saying yeah, it might not be trout. Cause I think he's been the front runner the whole time. And I, and I, th- trout is, I think for right now, the best player in baseball. He's a generational um, player, no doubt. Hands down. I'm a, I'm a massive Mike Trout fan for all sorts of reasons. Baseball on the field, off the field. I think he handles himself the way that a big leaguer should. Puts himself out there. He's there for the kids and autographs every day. I think I think if anyone's going to model what a major league baseball player should be, it should be Mike Trout. And that's just my personal opinion. I'm a big fan of his. But you got Bregman hitting 297. Well, Trout's hitting 293. 40 career high, 44 home runs, um, 102 RBIs, 107 runs, 11 stolen bases. So he could possibly maybe hit 50 home runs if he gets hot here. Bregman, 297, 33 home runs, 96 ribbies, 106 uh, runs scored. LeMayhew, who I didn't realize was having the year he was, 331, 24 home runs, 90 ribbies. Devers. 320, 29 home runs, 107, leading, leading the American League in, in RBIs at 107. Um, and then, you know, Matt Chapman, 259, 31 home runs, 78. I think he's kind of at the bottom. But, you know, more of a, more of a horse race than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah. You know, the guy I think there's a legit argument for uh, is DJ LeMayhew. This guy on a team where he was supposed to be a reserve has been the best player on the team. The leadoff hitter, the only guy that's not getting injured, hitting bombs, hitting for average, playing up the middle. Uh, And he had to be taught. There's a great story I've heard several times of how he had to be talked into um, signing with the Yankees because he didn't think he was going to play every day. And it turns out the guy's going to be an MVP and probably get a big contract, maybe even a ring out of it, right? Hopefully not. Hopefully right. the Dodgers can knock him off. But but that said, even if the media is centered in New York and that's a feel-good story, when all said and done, you have to justify him being better than Mike Trout. Right. And let me ask, <laughs> let me ask you a question. So in your mind, what's more important? The guy's hitting two, 331, so he's hitting you know over 30 points higher than Mike Trout. What's more important, the average or the RBI? I think it's a body of work. I mean, how are their RBIs compare? I don't have it in front of me. RBIs, uh, LeMahieu's at 90, Trout's at 102. Trout's got – well, he's got a substantial, you know, amount of more home runs. He's got 44. LeMahieu's got – he's got 20 more home runs, 24. So, 
I think, I think average is kind of an overrated thing. Sometimes I, I kind of look at, you know, runs batted in and runs scored. I mean, if a guy's, his guy's scoring over two or he's responsible for over 200, 250 runs that he's either driving in or he's scoring. I think that is, I mean, it's the whole thing. If guys driving, it used to be, if a guy's driving in a hundred runs, he's going to get a massive contract because he's driving in runs. Yeah. I'm going to say this. If Trout gets hurt and misses the last three weeks, then LeMahieu's the MVP, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Trout otherwise. I think Bregman's the second guy, to yeah. be honest. I think Bregman, 33 home runs. Oh, so we have a good discussion here. So we're going to pick a runner-up for this one. Right. <laughs> right? I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going Trout. Um, so, but I so think We'll both go Trout, but you're going to take Bregman as I'm the gonna second. I'm going to take Bregman as a runner-up. Okay, so, so that, well, at least we'll have something to talk about when we come back I mean, to this one. Right? Gosh, but, and then you go, wait, wait, let's go. Then you go Devers. He's hitting 320. He's leading the American League in RBI. So this guy's so up and down, horse. man. This guy I think is he's, crazy. I think he's the dark horse that, that no one's really thinking about that could sneak in there. Um, I don't know if he's going to edge anybody out, but he could, he could pop up in that two or three spot. Okay, so let's look at the real conversation that our listeners want to hear about. The Dodgers, the Dodger fans want to hear this. Yeah. There's, there's only two people. In the, actually, no, I think I Acuna. So. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think there's four people, actually. Okay, so, so who other than Acuna? We got Yelich. Yeah. We got Bellinger, and we got Rendon. Rendon. Um, okay. You know, and I only say that I just happen to be looking a little bit um, here in the last, like, 30 minutes. So I'll run down some stats for you first. Bellinger. 309, 44 home runs, 103 ribbies, 107, 107 runs uh, scored, uh, only 11 bags. Yelich, 326, 43 home runs, 93 ribbies, 96 runs, 26 bags. Acuna, 282, 36 bombs, 92 ribbies, 111 runs, 33 bags. Quite possibly could go 40-40. And I don't remember the last time that happened. A-Rod, I think. Um, and then Rendon, leading the National League and hitting 338, 32 bombs, 112 ribbies, so more ribbies than anyone, 105 bag or 105 runs, just three bags. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to the voters what they think is more important. You know, I, I they're all on winning teams. Well, no, not the Brewers. <laughs> Sorry, the Brewers are not. I'm not in it, but he's. You know, Yelich has has that, has that reputation, but. The Bellagers, the Acunas, and the Rendons, they're all on teams that are, that are you know, playoff bound maybe. Well, and you make an interesting point. I mean, Milwaukee was right there until Yelich got hurt. And, and, and you and I talked about this. And, of course, we probably don't want to acknowledge it on the radio, but we were, we were in agreement a month ago at the beginning of August that Yelich was the MVP, even though this is a Dodger show. And then he got hurt. Well, I and think now happened, there's a whole different argument. Well, I think what happened, too, is Bellinger started off so hot. I mean, he was the hottest player in baseball the first couple months of the season. And he was so – I think this is what's going to hurt Bellinger, to be honest. He was so hot. He was, he was on fire. His average was up there. He's 350, 360, you know, way above everyone. And it slowly just chipped away, decreased, decreased. If he ends up hitting under 300 for the year, I think that ta- – unless he hits 52 home runs or something, I think that takes his, his case. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for him to bounce back from that. You know, the fact of, of he's the guy, he's a face of Major League Baseball um, will help. And he's in L.A., he's getting that exposure. But I think it was the classic case of, like, the tortoise and the hare. Sure. You know, Bellinger's the hare. He runs out there and he's way ahead. And, every, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's, he's – there's no chance anyone catches this, kind of like Ryu. Um, but 
the other guys have been steady and they've just been climbing back and they've, they're starting to like bridge that gap a little bit and they're getting closer and closer in these last three weeks. I think it's it, like most of these things we're going over, you know, it's going to come down to these last three weeks and what these guys do. So, so you got four guys on the list unless Rendon just catches absolute fire and there's some sort of rags to, to riches story. He'd have to go on a bomb barrage. Yeah, completely. Yeah, right? trademark that, that bro. Right. That's good. You make some money yeah. off that, but so, <laughs> so hey, uh, Rendon. Let's just kind of put him aside and say, unless his August is just out of control, then, then he's out. Uh, I didn't realize that the um, the Brewers had fallen so far. Yeah, they're out yeah. of the wild card. There's five teams ahead of them. That's crazy. Seven games back in the Central, and uh, what'd you say for the wild card? There, there's five teams ahead of them. I'm looking at the standings right now. I mean, oh, yeah. shoot, you got Washington, games back. Yeah. Washington and Chicago Cubs, but have the two wild cards. And then after that, you still have Philadelphia, New York Mets, Philadelphia and Arizona, one game ahead of you. And then the Mets tied. That's a lot of teams you got to beat. Right. Forget about how many um, games back you are. That's problem, a lot of teams. <laughs> the problem is, is coming down this last month, you're going to play a lot of your um, yeah. division, division opponents. And there's, you know, besides the Cubs in there to chip away at, there's, you know, Washington has to beat up on Philly and Philly has to beat up on Washington. Arizona is that going to be that sneaky team that kind of is just sitting in the weeds, um, hoping that the Dodgers and, and you know, the National. Yeah, they've been under the radar. I agree. They've been that. under the radar. And, and, you know, a lot I, of young I, talent. I'm still going with Washington um, to do that. But yeah, Milwaukee, they're there. But, you know, does that hurt Yelich's chance that they're not like a contender like the other teams? You know, I think so. I think, I think so. I think so. If and he didn't get hurt, I don't know how much time he missed, but to be honest, he's still hitting, you know, 20 points higher, one less home run. He's just down in the RBI section a little bit. He's got a lot more bags than, than Bellinger. So. so I'm going to give you my so, long-winded answer before yeah, you I, have to pick, okay? Okay, yeah. Yelich would have been the MVP if he stayed healthy all year. That's my opinion. Acuna, if he has a hot August, is likely to be the MVP. But I think all things being equal – Bellinger has had a fabulous year. He's defied the odds. He's playing for a team that, that uh, for the third straight year, and two out of three years, were clearly the best team in the National League um, and, and in baseball in 17. I'm going to go with Bellinger. And Brett, Brett, hey, as much as I'm a do huge Dodger fan, Brett will tell you three weeks ago, I'm like, dude, I don't want to admit this on air, but, but Yelich is, <laughs> is right now the MVP. But I'm going to go with Bellinger. But I, I, I told you my, my thoughts. Yelich had it got hurt and his team fell Acuna, man those braves are they're fun to watch they're on fire he could sneak up and get it but i'm gonna go with bellinger's my pick i think what it's going to come down to you know i think one of two two different things bellinger i think has after the last couple of years and the, and the struggles he had in the postseason he kind of you know he redesigned his swing he came out with an unconventional batting stance that no it's one of those things out when albert Pujols did it when albert Pujols or jeff bagwell stood in the box and they were you know you wouldn't teach your kid how to hit that way you wouldn't teach how bellinger's hit to stand as straight as you could erect feet close together in the back of the box you don't teach that so for him to go out and read redesign his swing and have the year and and basically as pitchers we know we know what hitters holes are and bellinger was susceptible to curveballs and breaking balls and it's not that case anymore so he's he's adjusted and evolved you know after after kind of getting figured out and he's he's putting up a monster year so i i am gonna say because i don't want our our twitter and our facebook to to be getting blown up, i'm gonna say <laughs> bellinger too yeah i think the only variable and the only thing that could get him is if akuna goes 40 40 
Yeah, I think that's, I, a, that's it, for sure. Who's the last goes, one to do that, I wonder? I think A-Rod. I mean, yeah. if I had to say off the top of my head, it would be him. You just don't see it. It's not the game anymore. You know, people don't steal bases as much as they did. So to see that, um, you know, it, and, he, and he gets a, a bunch more RBIs and kind of bridge, it, you know, kind of shortens that gap between Bellinger and him. They're only 11 apart. Then I think you're getting it to a coin flip and it's all going to come down to personal preference with, with the voters. So, uh, no. since Scott Tomka is not accessible <laughs> to us right now, members of the 4040 club, 1988, Jose Canseco, 42 bombs, 40 stolen bases, Barry Bonds, 96, 42 home runs, 40 stolen bases, A-Rod in 98, 42 and 46 actually had more bags. And the last one to do it, Brett, not sure if you played with this guy, but he was quite the player his first few years, Alfonso Soriano in 2006. 46 oh, I, and 41. No, I didn't play against Soriano, but I fa- he was a gosh, he was a tough. He yeah, was his first five years of the Yankees, he was great. He, he would sit, great. he would spread out, and he would get his like chest over the middle of the plate. Like you had nowhere to go because he had so much plate coverage. And it was one of those visual things where you're like, where am I gonna pitch this guy? He was he was one of those batters, especially New York and Chicago, that when he came up, I'm like, ah, how am I gonna pitch to this guy? So a uh, couple Dodgers on here on this almost list. Sean Green, 1998, 35 and 35. Uh, I'm looking. I, I can't. I'm off the top of my head. Eric Davis was probably still in Cincinnati in 87, right? 37 and 50. Barry Larkin, he, I think he went 30-30. Did he go 40-40, Larkin? Uh, they don't show Larkin on the 35 or 40 list. But Matt Kemp was probably still a Dodger in 2011, right? And he had 39 and 40. Yeah. So he missed it by one. I mean, it's easy to go out and steal a base when you get on. It's not easy to go out and say, I need one more home run. I'm right. just swinging for the fences on every pitch. So, uh, hey, Brad, I have a question I've always wondered. And I, I noticed this when my brother's in the minors. And uh, for me, of course, I'm like, this is for sure. I need data. I always noticed he had better games during the day. He se- there seemed to be more stolen bases. The ball was being hit harder. I know you asked a couple players, hey, day game, night game. Is there any real difference or is it just personal preference? I mean, I think there's a little bit of personal preference. I know, I know as hitters, I, I would, gosh, I, two things about, about day and night games. Um, day games usually typically are hotter, so the ball will carry more. Sure. Especially if you're in a really hot place, you know, especially if there's turf. If, you're, if there's any turf involved, you know, the heat rising from that will push the ball. And, I mean, balls will jump off the bat. So, but I think what happens is I I would bet you most hitters are going to say night just because you play more night games, your eyes are more relaxed. Um, That's why you see a lot of guys hitting with sunglasses on because you're not squinting, you're not having to like fight to see glares. You know, night games, that's all taken away. The ball looks super white and bright. So I, I, I I would think a lot of hitters would say night games. Me as a pitcher, it all depended on shadows. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like day games because of what I said—the heat and the ball flying. But if you got in a place like Milwaukee late in the season, when they had that roof open, there would be a shadow. There was a game where Ben Sheets and he had amazing stuff and an amazing curveball. But his curveball was so good that that shadow got past the pitcher's mound, and he was completely in in the shadow and the batter. But the backdrop was was bright. And when that happens, you cannot see rotation on a baseball. So I used to lick my chops. If I was in Milwaukee or a place where we were completely in the shade and there was, there was sunny backdrop, I was throwing curveballs left and right because guys couldn't see the rotation. So they don't know if the ball's dropping or going straight. So 
you know, I think there's a lot of different things that go on where guys will say like, I like this better or not, but I, I bet you most of them would say night. Interesting kind of sidebar. So let's get to the Cy Young discussion. I actually just pulled up on ESPN.com a really interesting Cy Young predictor, and there's some surprising stuff. Let's start with the American League because you well, mentioned. Let's start, the, let's start with the National League. First. Okay, start with the National. Um, because what did I Jerry got... Harrison say on this very show? He said <laughs> it's over. No, it's, a, yeah. it's Hengen Ryu. That's what and he said. I've been saying I've been saying for like six weeks, and I think I've said it to you. I think Kershaw is going to end up with better numbers than him in the long run. And I know there's, it's still a ways off, but there's been some guys. Yeah. It's starting to look at some stats and, and, and getting our stat geek to, uh, to look at stuff. Uh, you know, I think it's a battle. I think, I think this category is, is the one that's going to be a little bit dicey as we get down and I'll, I'll throw some numbers at you. So here's Re- a stat real quick of the top five, three of them are Dodgers. That's pretty cool. Huh? That, On ESPN. Yeah, that's not bad. Top yeah. five. Oh, you got Bueller. Okay. Yeah. Bueller's number five. What are his stats? Throw his stats if, if you got them. So 124 innings, excuse me, 159 innings, 190 Ks, 12 wins, three losses, and 3.28. Now, he definitely isn't in the conversation with Kirsch, who had 155 innings, 165 Ks, but he's won 13 games, only lost four, and he's at 2.96. And as you said, uh, Kirsch and Ryu, by the end of the year, their, their numbers are going to be very similar. In fact, Kirsch has more victories right now. He's got one more victory. Ryu's at 157 innings. Less Ks, 137, 12 wins, and 2.35. So there is one player that's listed above him on here, but I'm going to let you ramble off some stats first. Okay, so you hit Kershaw and Ryu. Um, DeGrom. DeGrom is 8-8 eight and eight with a 2.76, and he won the Cy Young last year being, I think, about the same, 9-9. Nine and nine. Um, But his ERA was one point, like nothing. Um, he's got 176 innings. He's leading the, the National League with strikeouts with 220. And he's got a whip that's 1.05. And for people that don't know what whip is, it's, it's um, hits and walks per inning. So it's basically saying that if he's at a one point something, it means he's given up, you know, about a walk or hit per inning, which is, which is really good. So, so let's talk about that, Brett. I, I see that as a much truer indicator of a pitcher's performance than ERA. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think it's a big thing because I think ERA can get inflated really quick. I agree. Um, depending, you know, depending on you know a couple games. I had a I had a year in St. Louis, my, one of my years, where I had in two games within a three day span, I gave up eighteen runs in three days, and I had one other game where I gave up seven. My ERA went a full point just by yeah. those like I think it was eight innings. So I it was a was I that pitcher? No, you take those three little blurbs away. I still did it, and I still it's still my stats, but. You know, the whip, I think it just means you're not, you're not, you don't have a lot of runners on base. So if you go nine innings, that means you're only having nine base runners, you know, whether they get a hit or they get a walk, you know, you're talking about nine base runners. So, you know, that's, that's a big indication, especially if you're, you're not giving up a lot of hits, that's how you're going to have low ERAs. Yeah. I, I feel like the whip is more a personal reflection on the pitcher and the ERA is more of a reflection on the team's ability to support the pitcher. Hey, side note. ESPN top 10 National League Cy Young predictor on uh, September 4th does not include Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, and I think he's kind of come out of nowhere. And I think, you know, you got, you got to give him some credit for, for striking out as many people as he does. And, you know, he's creeping in. His ERA is down there. You know, 2.76 is, you know, these guys, when you, when you see these low ERAs, when you see these guys put up for a full year a 1.8 ERA, that I almost can't fathom that. Like, I think – I know Yeah, doing it's it, crazy especially when you're 
your body of work is 32, 33 starts to only have a 1.80 or a, or even a two or two and a half. I don't think people quite understand how difficult that is. So when you see a Walker Bueller and he's in the threes and you're like, ah, oh, you know, that's amazing. There's that's only a- two pitchers on in the top 20 on this predictor ALNL under two five. Uh, it's Ardolis Chapman, Yankees closer, and Hinjin Ryu at 2.35. So, yeah, which, and that, that's a little bit high. The last couple of years, I mean, yeah, he's been low. there's been some guys that have been under been sub two. In the modern era, with the, with the ball, the way the balls are right now, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I, it, like I said, I can't even fathom that guys can do that. And, and not even have that one hiccup or that two hiccups where, you know, you give up seven runs in two innings where – all of a sudden your ERA goes up a half a point and it's hard to get those back down. Well, and for everybody who's saying the Dodgers are the national league champs are going to the world series. Let me point out a couple of things. The number one guy on ESPN's list is a Washington national Steven Strasburg. Right. He's over yeah. number that's one. That. And, and if you play them in a short series, which the Dodgers won't, but somebody else will that's lights out. Right. Well, right. The Dodgers could, right. They could play him in, in a three, a five game series. Right. Yeah, so yeah. he gets two of the five starts. You might only go four games. Well, that's trouble. But here's the other thing that jumps what? out at me. Let's not forget about Max Scherzer in there. Yeah. Got him, too. Minor detail at number two. Right, right. Okay, on this top ten list, the Dodgers might have three of the top five, but guess who also has three of the top ten? The Atlanta Braves, who I had no idea. I mean, I don't watch Braves games that much, but I didn't know any of their pitchers were that great. You got Soroka at six. You got Max Fried at eight, and you have Luke Jackson at ten. Guys, it's going to be a fun playoff season. Well, that's everyone saying about the Astros. Got to watch out for the Astros. Well, no, there's a lot of National League teams that you got to go through before you even think about the Astros. So, you know, I, I think the focus has to be you get there, you set your pitching staff up, and I think that's. I think when we talk about Cy Young, I think that's going to factor into Ryu and Kershaw. They're, you know, at towards the end of the season, they may get what three more starts, maybe a fourth, because they're going to. The last week and a half of the, yeah, the last week and a half of the season, they're gonna they're gonna tweak things so they're setting up, you know, who's gonna go game one or game two. So I, I think it's gonna make a difference in how they do. So you talked about Strasburg. Strasburg sixteen and five, three point four seven, hundred and seventy nine innings, two hundred and fifteen punch outs. Again, a one point oh three nine whip. Um, Soraka, we'll throw Soraka in there. Eleven and three, two point five three. You know, a little bit less innings, 152 and two-thirds, 119 strikeouts. Scherzer, Scherzer, 9-5, and five, 2.60. Listen to this. This is the only, I think, one of the only reasons he's going to kind of come in the mix. 148 innings, 207 strikeouts. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, you probably are close to this than I am, but I, it, you're really leaning on Case. Is, is that in the Cy Young? Where where does that rank in terms of overall? I mean, I would think that's number five, six, or seven in terms of overall. Don't get me wrong. I love Case. I'm a I fantasy think it's just guy. Impressive. I got Garrett like, Cole on my fantasy team. I love Case. I think when you just see that big number, you're just like, oh. But I mean, they, I mean, they're going to factor into a lot of things. You strike out, guys. You're getting – you're getting outs without the ball even put, being put in play. So if you are having base runners, if you have a low whip, I mean, and this is how it comes. These are how guys have incredibly low ERAs. If you have a low whip, you strike out a lot, and you don't walk anybody, your ERA is going to be low. Just there's is, only, there's, at any given time, four or less guys in the bigs that really have all those tools, right? Right, and, but there's no, base, there's no base runners. So the chances of, of giving up runs are a lot slimmer, and that's – you know, that's kind of the perfect storm of, of how you get a low ERA. And like you said, there's not a few, there's not a lot of guys that can do that, but you know, it, it's, it's going to become a battle. I, I still think 
Kershaw could sneak in there. I think Ryu, to be honest, I think the way he's pitched and even if Kershaw and Ryu end up, let's take Strasburg out. Let's just focus on the Dodgers, the three Dodgers. I think Bueller's third. I think what has happened to Ryu in the last four games, that's going to tarnish what has happened the whole season. So I think if Kershaw and Ryu end close, Kershaw is going to get, I think he's going to get edged above. So this is a I think three-man race. For it's, me, it's Strasburg, Ryu, and Kershaw. So who are you taking? I, to be honest, I think Strasburg's got a great shot. Unless Kershaw wins like two or three games, and, and Strasburg gets maybe one win, I, 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 you know, I think it's, I think it's between Kershaw and Strasburg. I don't. Ryu could could. Put, I mean, he's got the lowest ERA in, in the National League, but. I'm just saying the way he's pitching, I'm not expecting him to go out there and rattle off three wins in a row to catch up with Strasburg. So, so I'm not disagreeing with you because the whole split the vote thing. I'm going to go with Kershaw. And this is crazy because, you know, even Jerry Harris said, you know, it's Ryu's deal. But other than ERA at this point, there's no numbers with Ryu that jump out at you, not victories, not anything else. And you made the argument that sure Strasburg's got three more victories than Kirsch, but the ERA is a full half a point lower. And to me, that that's huge. So I also feel like Kershaw is a media darling. People love him and he's had a rough couple of years. And so um, there may be, it's going to be weird because Ryu was so dominant, but I'm going to go with Kershaw to win the Cy Young. Okay. Hypothetical. I'm going to throw yeah. this at you. They both win three games. <laughs> yeah. Strasburg's 19. 19 yeah. That's a tough argument for sure. Because he's almost a twenty. He'll be. He would be maybe the only twenty-game winner. Well, in, especially in the National League, he'd be the only yeah. twenty-game or close to twenty-game. Say he gets. I don't know if he's got four starts. Let's say. Well, that makes you the winner and not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, and trust me, I'm a big Kershaw fan, and I I think Kershaw could backdoor it, but I think it all depends on how Strasburg does. Well, and I think you make a decent argument. We got to wrap up this National League conversation. We've been on it for a while, but but Strasburg's got a pitch because they got to win that wild card, and they're Absolutely. it's it's closer than the National League West is. That's well, I'm for saying sure. he could rattle off three or four wins, and that could easily get twenty wins. Yeah, that so. cements his case. So let's go to the American League, where man, I'm, let me just throw some some groupings at you really quickly. Sure. Uh, three of the top four of the top ten on ESPN's predictor are from the Houston Astros. Right. Wow, that's crazy, right? I think and, when we talk about this, it's it's going to be pretty much writing on the board. And the two Yankees, number three and four, are our oldest Chapman, the closer, and Domingo German, uh, Herman. I'll tell you what, I've had Herman on my fantasy team. Uh, he started off on fire. He's been good since then. He hasn't been lights out in the second half. Uh, he did look good against the Dodgers. I'll give you that. I watched that game. But, man, I look at stats. There's been a couple games where he, he didn't make it through the fifth inning. So he's had an awesome year. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I have Garrett Cole on my fantasy team. And I'll tell you what, this guy's been so amazing. I'm shocked to see that Justin Verlander has been even better because Garrett Cole goes out and just cleans people up every five days. Um, I don't know that there's even an argument to give it to Cole right, over Verlander. Let's run down some guys just a minute, yeah. just for the, the sake just of doing for it. For comedy, yeah. Right. So we got Lynn. He's 14 and 9, 3.77. I won't go into all the other stuff. Minor, 12 and 8, 3.12. Morton, 14 and 6, 3.13, which Bay, are still yeah. great, which are still great in any way you slice it. Great years. They have a low three ERA. Chapman with the Yankees, 3 and 2, 2.22 ERAs, leading the major leagues to save 36, which seems pretty low to lead the major leagues you know, uh, in saves. 
But, you know, I think for uh, a closer to win the MVP, it's got to be like a magical thing where, where like it's, you know, he breaks records and has like a, like a 0.9 ERA because it just doesn't happen. So then you come sure. to the two guys. And I wouldn't got- say this was his best year. I mean, it's no. better, definitely been good. He's been off the radar, which is good. <laughs> I think you throw his name in there just because, because it's, it's a fun kind of, you know, something to talk about. But I think here, here it comes down to it. Here, here's the two guys. You got Cole, 15 and 5, 2.81. 176 innings, two, leading, the, leading the American League in strikeouts, 266 with a .53 whip. Then you got, on the other hand, you got Justin Verlander, 17-5, and five, leading the major leagues with 17 wins, leading in 29 starts. He's leading the American League in ERA at 2.56. He's leading in innings at 193, 257 strikeouts, and he's leading in whip at .772. So when you really when you really break it down, like unless Verlander goes out, which I don't think is going to happen, and just completely, you know, trip out there for three starts in a row, I mean, I think I think it's pretty cut and dry that he's the the American League Cy Young. Well, and the guy just threw a no no, and he's a yeah, media I, darling, which is interesting because he didn't used to be a media darling. He used to be kind of thought of as a bitter dude, I think, but he's really since going to Houston, really on the PR side, become really a media darling, won a ring. So I mean. I think you got to go with him. And I, I hate to say that because Cole's my guy. I mean, I've been riding him in my fantasy team, but Verlander's the guy. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. And Verlander, I mean, just think about this. Verlander way back in the day, you know, dominant pitcher with Detroit. Uh, I mean, one of the best in the games. And then about five years ago, had like – had a year where he had mid-four ERA. People thought he was done. They thought it was the end of Jason Verlander. And he's – He's come back as off. The Dodgers did, unfortunately. Well, because <laughs> they we, got you, Darvish, instead. Well, I was going to bring that up. So you come down to a situation where he's on the block, and and you play that what if game. What if the Dodgers would have stepped up and traded for Justin Verlander? Like, because I think he wanted to come to LA. I don't like to play that what if game, man. Because know, that's a, know, that's a I, slam I think, dunk. I think you have to throw that out there, and you get you Darvish, who, in his defense, was pitching great. You know, he had the trouble in the World Series, as we know, that he was tipping his pitches and Houston had them all. But, you know, Justin Verlander, I think, is that that guy that – and he's he's a throwback. And it's hard for me to say he's a throwback because he's part of my era, but he's that hard-throwing, you know, I'm coming at you, Nolan Ryan-esque, you know, I'll throw it, say it in that because, you know, he's just getting after it. And I think, I think him throwing that third no-hitter – I think it cements the fact that he's a Hall no, of Famer. That's a legacy thing, man. I mean, that's... well, I think I think he's I think that basically said you're a Hall of Famer. He's got the other numbers to to back that up. But you throw a third no hitter and you become in that company of the guys that have thrown three no hitters and all those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it's almost you know so- a guy that's under the radar too, though, Brett. That that I watch a lot, and he he started the season. First of all, he had two fabulous outings for the Indians to start the year. Went on the deal for two months, came back. Got roughed up for a start or two, and now he's he's been lights out. Is is uh, Mike Clevenger? I mean, this guy's ERA is two point seven one, hundred thirty two Ks in ninety three innings. Project that over a full season. This guy, and it was so random. He had a back injury, and they're like, he's out two months, even though he's like, no, my back doesn't hurt that bad. This guy's a guy that with a full body of work might be right there in that conversation because he plays for a good team, and he probably would have got him three or four more wins had he been healthy for those two months. I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no with the, with the year of Erlander. I got, I mean, great year. I mean, like you said, the guy was hurt. He's come back. He's put up great numbers. And, and I think maybe, um, 
you know, being the guy in Cleveland. Um, well, he's not even our, the guy yet, right? I mean, he's, he's somewhere between two and three half the time because he hasn't put together that full season. He pitched 200 innings last year, 207 Ks, 3.0 ERA. And this, he's getting better, and that's what I like. I like to see guys that figure things out. They study like you. You're not just physically gifted, Brett. You always were a guy who was studying wanting to get better, picking the brain of veterans. And to me, as you said, we love grinders on this show. And part of grinding is understanding the academic and mental part of the game as well as the physical. So I'm by no means saying Mike Clevenger's in that discussion, but he's a guy to keep your eye on next year as some of these other guys get older. Absolutely. And he's going to have to fill that, that void of, of Trevor Bauer being gone. And Here's it, one it thing might- I want to say about, um, what's his name, uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, hey, if uh, if we have to give up him being a, uh, a runner-up for the Cy Young, for all of our Angels fans out there, buddies and listeners, uh, that guy should be playing for the Angels next year, right? He's an Orange Lutheran guy at Ville Park, right? He might. A UCLA guy, too. Yeah, Mike Trout would very much like that, I'm sure. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see him in Dodger Blue, too, but the word on the street is he wants to play in Anaheim. That would, that would, be, that would be amazing. I mean, we grew up close to Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium, um, so – you know that that would that would definitely put them back on the map because I think that's the that if we talk angels just like for fifteen seconds that's what that's where they're struggling their pitching staff that's 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 the biggest I think you know sore spot or or void that they have is is a good solid starting pitching staff and that's that's all I'll say about that but um, one more thing I want to throw out about Verlander which this was from my brother Scott um, he's given up thirty three home runs this year. He's only given up 114 hits. That's crazy. Which is crazy. That's like a Jock Peterson stat, man. (laughs) 28.9% of his hits are HRs. So (laughs) he's only given 57 runs. Um, That, like, those numbers are like Nintendo. We always just say Nintendo numbers, like when you play a video game where they just don't seem real. So, and and if we want to go a little bit farther with Verlander, and this is kind of where this whole thing's been been going a little bit. Verlander has come out, you know, in, in the last few months talking about the baseballs. And, and I think it's been a topic that we haven't hit, but other places have hit that he came out and said it was a joke that, um, I, and I, I quote him, it was a joke that the baseballs are doing what they do. And he said that they're definitely juiced. And, and, and there's a lot of stats and a lot of things that are kind of backing up that it could be true. And he's, He's even asking Major League Baseball, like, hey, what's going on? We just want to know what's going on. What's your, what's your take on this stuff, Josh? You know, over the last 25 or 30 years, there's been two or three occasions I can remember where this came up in Major League Baseball kind of after the fact, very reactively said, oh, well, we, oh yeah, we forgot. Yeah, we did. We, we made a tiny change, but it had nothing to do with, you know, the balls flying out of the park. We just changed manufacturers or we changed countries. Here's my take on it. Um, is something going on with the ball? Uh, probably there were some changes, but here's what I, I think and I like to look at. Launch angle, which when I was growing up, you were said, don't do that or you won't play, number one. Number two, everybody's way stronger at this point. Everybody is. Number three, the analytics. I mean, you have so many analytics. It's just out of control. And I'm going to add a fourth one to that because there's actually a fourth thing. The pitchers are all thrown in the 90s now, man. Back when, when you guys were playing, there was only – one guy per team that was hitting the nineties in most cases. And now there's three or four, right? Am I wrong on that? No, you're right. I mean, guys are definitely throwing harder, but there's some, there's some hardcore numbers that are, that are backing up, you know, what's going on just in the last year. Yeah. This year has um, been nuts, man. Well, and that's the thing. And that, that's where you start. And you got the same hitters that were there last year that are, that are doing it this year. So that's where I think 
that's where because Daryl Strawberry and, and I'm a huge Daryl. Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden were the reasons I was a Mets fan growing up. And Daryl Strawberry had some had some words about it, saying that the pitching's inferior, the pitching's watered down. You know, the pitcher's not the pitching's not like it was in the '80s. Guys are stronger, ballparks are smaller, um, and all that stuff. I, I don't know about being watered down. I know the ballpark's a little bit smaller. Guys are stronger, like you said, but these are the same guys that you know. The year before, uh, just just to give you some numbers, they're on pace to hit 6,712 home runs. That's 1,100 more home runs than 2018. 1,100. It's not like 100 more. That's that's crazy. Yeah. 600 more than the, the record in 2017, which was 6,105. You're talking about the same players that are still in the big leagues. These are the same big, strong guys, the same ballparks. And you're talking about 1,100 more home runs. Nuts. Like I, I think that's crazy. And and Manfred has come out and said that you know baseball has done nothing to you know give any direction in altering the baseball. And I and I don't. That's always I, their line. I well, yeah, but I I don't I don't know if I disagree. I I don't know if you know they did. They said, hey, we're going to go down to the manufacturers. We're going to do this to the ball because we want to see more home runs. I don't I don't I don't think they would have done that baseballs are handmade things every seam is stitched by hand there's not a machine to do it so whether things are getting pulled tighter or or whatever it is here's some more <laughs> we got a lot of stuff triple a introduced major league baseballs um last year 2018 there was 3,652 home runs this year 5,749 home runs you had a guy named brandon bars that hit 20 home runs in 484 major league games. He's hit 30 home runs in 120 games this year, which is crazy. You're talking about a quarter of the games he's hit more home runs. So something's so, going on. Something's going on. And that's the thing. And, and who we may never get to the bottom of it. I know there's been some independent studies and stuff like that on, on the seam width, the height, the core densities. They're saying the leather is smoother. But there's, there's something going on because there's – I don't know what the exact number is. There's 9, 10, 11 teams that are – the Minnesota Twins, they broke their home run record. There's like 11, Already with a month left in this season. Right. There's like 11 or 12 teams that are on pace to like shatter their home run records. They've noticed that – they've done a study that the, the seam thickness is 9% more, which, you know, trust me, I, 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 you can feel a ball. You can take a ball and you can feel a ball and say, gosh, this feels like a little rock. It's, it's tiny. So, you know, you, you can, I could pick out 10 balls and tell you which was the smallest ball or which felt the smallest. So there's a, there's definitely a difference. And if it's like a golf ball, if you reduce the dimple size on a golf ball, the golf ball is going to fly through the air more, the more drag you have on the ball, the, the, you know, the shorter it's going to go. And, and there's, you'll see it, the all-star game. I'll tell you a story in, 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 in Seattle, when I played for Seattle, the all-star game was there. And I went in the clubhouse on, the day they did the home run contest and our, and our bullpen coach was by all the balls. And I went to pick one up. He's like, Hey, put that back. That's the, those are the special balls. <laughs> and I was like, special balls. He's like, yeah, yeah. those are the ones that are going to go really far. So like there's been, yeah, we put these in the visitors dugout on home games, right? <laughs> right. But, but they've been saying that for years that they juice the, the home run derby balls. And oh, okay. you know, so it's like, if they're doing that, can they just make a phone call and say, Hey, start making them like that. Now, trust me. I've given up 255 home runs in my career. When I see a ball off the bat, I could tell. I could tell like within a half a millisecond that ball is out of the park. 
Sure. I watched games now where I see highlights where a guy hits the ball and I think, ah, that's a pop-up, right? It'll go 50 feet over the fence. Yeah. I'm pretty right. good at being able to judge that. There's just, there's guys that are flipping the ball and I'm, I don't know, I'm not saying for sure. I think there's something going on. I don't know if major league baseball says the ball is juiced, but I think there's definitely something going on. You know, I see that as a casual fan too, that I see players are watching the ball go now where usually they just put their head down, ask the ump for another ball because, you know, they're, they're not sure. And then they go, wow, that did get out and it got out by a long shot. So, hey, this has been our longest show yet, but full of information. <laughs> so, Brad, I want to wrap up with something that's been weighing on my mind since we did this, this episode. If teams like the Astros and, and other teams have these great guys in their dugout that can, with, within five or six pitches, figure out, uh, that the other pitchers tipping pitches, wouldn't it behoove a team to hire a guy like that in the playoffs to just be in their dugout? I mean, honestly, if, if the other team's doing it, why wouldn't you? That's not cheating. Never really thought about that. That's, I mean, that's, hey, that's, if that's why we lost, then why wouldn't we do it ourselves is my question. Who knows? Eduardo Perez, Jim Edmonds, Alex hey, we gotta, Gore, you got to call your buddy Doc. <laughs> Tell right. him to put these guys on the payroll Seriously. for the playoffs. Dang it. <laughs> I, but, and, and then again, like we talked to Jerry, like some guys don't want to know that stuff. Um, yeah, but for those who do, for those who do, it's an advantage, right? right? I mean, you got all these other specialized coaches. You got tunneling coaches and pitching. You got, you know, different hitting coach. I mean, the Dodgers hitting coach wasn't even – he was like a numbers guy, stats yeah. guy. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's gotten it's gotten to the point where it's so specific like that. Yeah, hire up a guy that, that can pick up pitches. And I Why bet not? you, I guarantee every team's got somebody. They, we, we might not even know about it, but it might already be something where they, they have a guy internally that can. I would bet Utley's that guy. Utley was always known as kind yeah, of a really was wise good. guy. I think he had my changeup. I, I really do because there yeah. was a ball that were hit really hard on my changeup when I threw to him. And for those of you who missed that show, I asked Jerry Harrison point blank if he thought the Astros were, you know, stealing signs he said no but but we were tipping pitches not just you darvish multiple pitchers because his buddy the astros manager he said was one of the best he's ever seen at picking up tipped pitches and brett said oh yeah i played with two or three guys like that jim edmonds included and i just kind of said well that's why i'm saying why wouldn't we just hire somebody to sit on our bench and do that if there's players that can do that that easily well hey guys awesome show brett so much intel thanks for sharing all those stories Guys, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Dodger Dudes. Let your friends know. Uh, share the story on your Twitter and your Facebook, if you would. Uh, share the episode. Brett, you got anything else before we go? No, man. I'm really enjoying this. For, for everyone that's listening, man, we appreciate it. We've had a lot of fun kind of getting this show going and, and kind of rekindling our friendship that we, you know, take back to high school. And, and you know, it's definitely been, it's been good for me. I've been out of the game for a little bit. So to get back into it and really dive in and watch, watch games again has been a lot of fun. So we really enjoyed this. Tell all your friends uh, to check us out and, and, and stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, guys, we're on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. Uh, there's a bunch of LA-based sports shows on that, uh, on that website. So check it out. And guys, answer our poll questions too. We've had some fun poll questions. This week, uh, we're asking you, uh, last week, we are asking you if you like the new netting installed at Dodger Stadium. If you've been there uh, this week and seen the new netting, uh, go ahead and post a couple comments on it. Let us know for those of us who haven't been there. Hey, it's Josh, Luke, and Brett Tomko, the Dodger Dudes. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks again, Brett. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. 
Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. Game on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.